Welcome to Belly Dance Alchemy, a captivating blend of the best elements of career and professional development and the magic of belly dance. I'm your host, Kelly Nottingham. Ready to make your day job sparkle and your dance life grow in new and inspiring ways? Well, let's see what we can brew up. Hi, everybody. I hope all of you are staying safe. Um, Behind the scenes, I've been hard at work on my next big venture that I wanted to share with you. I am in the process of building my first online course. It's a step-by-step process all about revamping your resume, but not in the typical download a template and copy the job description kind of way. Instead, we're going to be starting with an exploration of you, walking you through the process of advocating for your strengths and skills, and wrapping up with a resume that will get you noticed for the right reasons. There's even information about how the job posting and hiring process works behind the curtain at large corporations and how to use your resume for your interviews. So stay tuned for more information on how to register for that course that will be coming soon. If you want to stay even further in the loop on it, sign up for my newsletter. The link is in the show notes. Now, as many of you may know, I am a business of one. That means all of the podcast research, writing, editing, uploading, and marketing comes back to my to-do list. For the online course, that means all of the research, writing, filming, editing, and uploading and marketing comes back also to my to-do list. So with the additional work that course development takes, please just know that upcoming episodes of the podcast may be a bit more sporadic, but don't worry, I'm not retiring from any of my podcasting work. I will be back. It may just be a little bit slower with episodes coming out in the next few months. Let's get to our topic for today. Nelson Mandela said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Now, if you prefer your courage quotes on horseback, here's one from John Wayne. Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Today's episode is not so much about fear, but is all about courage and taking risks. And I am excited about this one. We're going to be talking a tiny bit about fear today. But if you're interested in hearing more about how to work with your fear, you can jump back to the episode from October of 2020 called Making Friends with Fear. In this episode, we're going to examine what courage is tips to start growing our courage today, and a new way of defining the relationship between courage and risk-taking. Let's start off with some definitions of courage and risk-taking. Elaine Beek, in her book, Skills for Career Success, defines the act of risk-taking as the act of doing something with an uncertain outcome. And when we think of courage, we generally think of the emotional drive or impetus that supports us in taking risks, the ability to deal with uncertainty when we don't know what the outcome is going to be, and maybe even the confidence in ourselves to handle whatever outcome may happen. Now, this topic has been marinating in my brain for a while because I keep wanting to find the key to building courage and taking risks, both for myself, and of course, for all of you. 
So much of what holds us back in every aspect of life and keeps us playing small is our low sense of courage and our willingness to take risks. I mean, if we suddenly felt brave enough to try something risky that we've been wanting to do, how much could that impact the course of our lives? It just seems like there should be a magic formula, some switch in our psyches that we can flip so that we can feel comfortable taking risks because our courage is sufficiently strong. And there is no magic formula. There is no magic pill. That's the bad news. But as often happens when you put a thought in your brain to marinate for a while, I kept seeing clues to a different way to think about courage and risk-taking everywhere, but especially during the recent Tokyo Olympics. Now, of course, discussions of courage during the Olympics is nothing new. Broadcasts are specifically designed (laughs) to showcase how courageous someone is or the trials and tribulations they've gone through to get where they are, the risks they've taken, the courage their family showed, sure. But that's not what set my brain in motion this time. Instead, what did it was watching Georgian weightlifter Lasha Talakadza If you didn't watch him during the weightlifting competition, allow me to introduce him to you. Mr. Talakaza is a mountain of a human being. He's six feet six inches tall, that's 1.97 meters, and weighs in at 390 pounds, that's 177 kilograms. Now that's what he himself weighs, not what he was lifting. He is an impressively massive man. He walked out onto the stage for his weightlifting competition and proceeded to win the gold. And in the process, set not one, not two, but three world records. Y'all, this man lifted over his head without breaking himself in half, 584 pounds. That's 265 kilograms at one time. It's mind boggling that anyone can lift that much weight. And looking at someone as physically imposing as he is, it would be really easy to assume that he was born able to lift insane amounts of weight. Ah, but this is when that courage and risk-taking question popped back into my head. And thanks to Mr. Talakadza, a new way of approaching courage appeared to me. See, one of the biggest myths we tell ourselves about courage and taking risks is that we have to have courage in order to take risks. That courage is something we're born with, a character trait created in childhood, or something that we should be able to think about long enough that we can conjure it out of nothing. Our courage cup is either at zero or somehow magically at 100%. And only when we have courage can we take a risk. Now, sure, there's a symbiotic relationship between courage and risk-taking, but I think we have the whole equation backward. We don't magically grow courage and then take risks. We take risks, and then the courage comes. Courage is a result of taking risks, not a prerequisite for taking risks. When this thought showed up, the pieces started to fall into place. Now, of course, we can get into a chicken and egg scenario here where you may say, yeah, Kelly, but you had to have a little courage to even take that first risk, right? Absolutely. Of course, we needed enough courage to accept taking that first risk. But for most of us, our first risks happened in such a small way so early in life that we don't even think of them as risks anymore. 
And when we forget that there was risk involved, we forget that we were also courageous. And it's in that recognition of our previous courage that our current and future courage grows. We let that sense of past courage fade. We minimize it. And then when the next challenge comes up, we feel like we're scraping the bottom of our courage barrel just to gather enough to be able to take this next risk. So think back on the last risk you took, the last one that felt like a risk. Did you have courage in order to take that risk? And after you did, did you reflect on the courage you built from taking the risk? When we do take a risk, how easy is it to just keep moving forward and never think back on the fact that we just built up more courage to use for the next risk? Normally, we experience courage as a surge of emotion that we push into a situation so we can get through it. Once the emotion is gone, we may say, oh, wow, that was brave of me. But from my experience, we tend to downplay it as just an emotional reaction. We say things like, well, that wasn't really so bad, or I don't know what I was so worried about. And we let that emotion of courage fade, just like we let other emotions go. When we wait for courage to come, when we try to find it in ourselves by just willing it into existence or feeling it, or more likely beating ourselves up for being scared, we're never going to find true courage. That faith in ourselves to deal with uncertainty, that willingness to live in ambiguity about outcome, that confidence that we'll figure it out as we go. We sit and we wait to feel courageous and it never comes. And the opportunity to take a risk passes us by. And we say to ourselves, well, it just wasn't the right time or I didn't feel right about it. And we hope that when the next opportunity to take a risk comes by, that our courage cup is going to somehow be full enough that we're willing to take the risk this time. We treat courage like an emotion when really it's a capability that we can build. This is where Mr. Talakaza comes back into the story. Because like his monumental physical strength, I think courage works a lot like building muscles. You don't strengthen your arms by thinking about how weak your arms are or waiting for the day when your arms are suddenly feeling really strong. You don't plan on suddenly lifting 584 pounds without getting comfortable lifting 25 pounds first. But when we treat courage like a fleeting emotion that we can magically summon when we need it, we're basically trying to work a muscle that we've ignored for years. So if our courage is a muscle, taking a risk is like lifting weights to strengthen that muscle. We might not be able to lift it easily. We may not be able to lift it at all. But in the effort of trying to lift that weight, our courage muscle gets stronger. And then the next time we try to lift the weight, that muscle is more prepared. When we take a risk, we may fail, we may succeed, we may move through part of the risk only. But it's in the process of taking the risk that our courage muscle grows. Courage is also both retroactive and proactive. It's retroactive in the sense that we get it after the effort or the risk has been expended. Yes, we may use some strong emotions we define as courage to push us through the risk, but that true courage, that sense of self-reliance that says, I can manage what comes my way, that is built by taking a risk and then looking back at what we've done and recognizing our own ability to get through the risk 
or to even be willing to try the risk. Courage is proactive in the sense that we build that belief, that capacity to handle what's coming toward us through our risk-taking in the past, and we carry it forward for future risks so that we're ready in advance of that risk coming. And wouldn't that feel great? Instead of trying to muster an emotion that feels so counterintuitive to our protection-focused brain, we can look back at the capability to handle what's happened to us before and say, okay, yeah, I got this. We might assume that some people are just born with the ability to handle massive amounts of risk, that they're born with a courage that we will never be able to muster. But just like lifting weights, we build our capacity for bigger risks and bigger, more sustainable courage by starting small and consistently growing our courage skill. Now, obviously, I haven't talked to him, but I seriously doubt that Lasha Talikatsa walked into the gym on day one of his weightlifting journey and lifted 584 pounds over his head. He started smaller, discovering what he could easily handle, what didn't feel risky, and then started pushing the envelope, taking more risk of injury or failure to lift the weight on the bar, seeing how far he could push himself. He lifted more and more weight until he failed to lift it. Then he started building from there. Failure became how he learned where he needed to apply his courage and his risk. Each time he lifted a slightly bigger weight, his ability grew, and so did his confidence in himself and his courage to know that in the future he would be able to lift even more weight. Adding on one more pound when you're already lifting 300 pounds probably doesn't feel like that much of a risk, right? And so it works with risks and courage. Each small risk we take builds our courage, our faith in ourselves to handle the future. And with each small risk, we increase our tolerance for bigger risks, maybe even different risks in other areas of our lives. Another key lesson from our weightlifting friend, failing is only failing if you stop. Over the past year and a half of dealing with COVID, lockdowns, job losses, isolation, health concerns, and heaping amounts of anxiety, a lot of us have been pulling inward emotionally and in our risk taking. A lot of people have started to live smaller, take fewer risks, and have felt their courage shrink. Just like our muscles, our courage muscle can atrophy if we don't use it. We become risk averse if we don't take risks regularly. When we feel a sense of external risk all the time, which a lot of us do right now, we don't feel like we have control over the situation or we're trying to alleviate the sense of instability or insecurity by not taking any risks. And even the risk you were used to will start to feel scary. Now, I'm not talking about stupid, unsafe risks. Stupid, unsafe risks don't require courage. They require unsafe stupidity. Be safe, everybody. But when we avoid risks completely, we shrink our courage muscles. Well, what if we only stick with the same risks over and over? If we only lift the same amount of weight repeatedly, we'll maintain our strength for a little while, but then we'll start to weaken our minds and bodies and spirits, get used to the amount of risk we do. So we need to expand out our risk tolerance by adding on a little weight regularly or our courage muscle will start to weaken. And when we don't think back on our previous courage skills and risk-taking, it's almost like we get a weird courage amnesia where we don't recognize what we've already done took courage. 
We absorb that new thing we just did, that new accomplishment, and we forget how uncomfortable we felt beforehand. What each of us does now took a lot of courage five or 10 years ago to try for the first time. Thinking back on all the risks we've taken is a way to keep exercising that courage muscle, especially if you're feeling risk averse right now. Because again, like a muscle, our courage can atrophy if we stop exercising it. Risks we used to take comfortably suddenly feel really scary again. The good news? We can rebuild that muscle much faster the second time around. Our muscles have memory, and so does our courage. And in even better news, courage is contagious. Years ago, a colleague at a former job and I were at a large professional conference. She had always struck me as a confident, self-assured person, so it surprised me at the lively conference dance reception that she didn't get on the dance floor. She told me during a break in the music that she envied my confidence and my courage to go out and dance in public like a fool. The funny thing, I didn't see that as a risk, partly because, yes, I dance professionally, but mainly because I was thinking, I'm never going to see 99% of these people again, so who cares? Her courage muscle was built in a different area of her life. She's a very confident, risk-comfortable leader in her professional life, but this was an area where she didn't feel brave enough to put herself out there. So this brings up two key points. Number one, don't be swayed by other people's sense of courage or others' level of comfort with risk. Everyone has different riskometers. Some things I do would terrify other people, like dancing in front of thousands of people at a big cultural event, but some things other people do absolutely terrify me, like skydiving. Things that 10 years ago would have scared you, maybe you do all the time now. So don't berate yourself for not having the same courage or risk tolerance as someone else. We all have our own experiences and our own reasons for courage or holding back. We all have those different starting points for lifting our weights. And we also all have these same underlying drives to protect ourselves. And this is what risk aversion is. It's the safety drive, that that need for self-protection and security in the hopes we won't be injured in some way. So we're all traveling on our own courage journeys. Each of our paths will look different from the person next to us. And that's awesome. Because that means we can appreciate and learn from other people's journeys. And we can be someone else's and maybe even our own inspiration too. So courage can be contagious in that way. We can learn and be inspired by watching others as long as we don't beat ourselves up over someone else's perceived better courage, making ourselves feel more risk averse. The second point about courage being contagious, it can grow within us too through different areas of our lives. We can build our courage by taking safer risks in another arena of our life that maybe doesn't feel as risky. Building our muscle in one way will help that muscle be strong no matter what we try to lift, even if the risks aren't directly related. Maybe you tend to show courage and try new risks in one area of your life, but hold yourself back in another area. Maybe you keep your risk taking to low cost parts of your life and protect the high cost parts in a little security box under lock and key. Maybe you take risks in your social life, meeting new people, joining up with a group to expand your social circle, but you keep your work risks at a minimum. 
Maybe you're courageous in being visible at your day job, but you avoid dancing on stage. What would happen if you allowed your courage muscle to work on that high cost stuff too? You've lifted other risk weights successfully before and built up that courage. How can you allow it to spread to other areas of your life? All right, it's time to take this one for a final spin. Over the next week, reflect on some previous risks you've taken. What have you done in your life that was a risk then and you built courage from? How did you handle that risk? And what did you tell yourself about yourself regarding that risk? What you tell yourself before you take the risk and after you take the risk may also be very different. Much risk aversion comes from very deep-seated fears. We tend to catastrophize and chicken little the sky is falling when we see a risk coming and we don't recognize our courage muscles strength. Dig a little deeper this week and find out what exactly you're afraid of under that risk aversion. Lastly, think of a fairly safe, maybe small risk that you've been wanting to do, something relatively low impact that's been just tickling the back of your mind for a while. Take one step toward that risk and see what happens. Flex that courage muscle. All right, everyone, that's it for this episode. I hope you all stay safe and healthy, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. If the pandemic lockdown has made you aware of some major changes you want to make in your career or dance life, I can help. Maybe you realize you hate your current job or that you're holding yourself back from making a big life change that deep down you really want. Now is the time to start building momentum for the future. I've spent my career in professional development and training at Fortune 100 companies, leading training initiatives and coaching people from frontline employees to executive level leaders to improve their relationship to their work, their colleagues, and themselves. If you think some non-judgmental support and gentle nudging would help you to get going, give me a call to discuss one-on-one coaching and consulting. If your organization or company is ready for an injection of new ideas, energy, and practical tools to improve company culture and efficiency, let's chat. I have off-the-shelf workshops ready to bring to your organization on topics like effective communication, change management, presentation skills, and a suite of leadership development workshops, just to name a few. Custom workshops are also an option. For a 30-minute complimentary consultation, email me at bellydancealchemypodcast at gmail.com, go to bellydancealchemy.org, or reach out to me on LinkedIn or via the links in the podcast notes so we can see if I'm a good fit for your needs. Well, thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and share the magic with your dance friends. If you want more, you can sign up for our mailing list at bellydancealchemy.org or you can email me your suggestions and feedback. I would love to hear from you at bellydancealchemypodcast at gmail.com. Bye.